This machine kills fascists. things that are so lovely my duolingo is going really well by the way oh yeah you've been doing that one huh yeah i need to get back on my spanish i gotta get back to my fucking latin (laughs) i haven't haven't summoned a demon in so long (laughs) demon hasn't called me either hey are we recording are we just are we just talking? We're just doing it. We're doing it. We're back. Oh, so we're live from hell. We're live from hell, baby. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hot little to... takes. Huddle up. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Christian. We've got a drink, and we watched some crap, and we hope you did too, so that we can all chit chat. Yeah, I you know I really I'm hoping we've had a lot of there's been a lot of action on the hot little takes IG, at hot little takes. Sure, we've been getting a lot. You know what's cool? We've been we've been really making our comeback. I'd say. Absolutely. Strong comeback. And we were getting recommendations. We'd what are some of... Wait, new, okay. new listeners. Should we start there? What are some... No recommend- one's given us a review in a long time, but we don't really encourage that sort of thing. I mm. think maybe we should. I yeah, don't know. that's true. Rate and review. A good one, though. Like, don't give us a bad review. Well, I'll take a bad one. If you're going to be... If you want to give us, like, a full Richard Brody, I would also recommend anyone... Because we're not going to talk about Hillbilly Elegy, and we're not going to watch it, but I would really recommend reading Richard Brody's... New Yorker review of that movie because he pulls has never pulled a punch in his fucking life. Hillbilly Elegy. What the hell is that? That's the new uh, Glenn Close, Amy Adams, Ron Howard joint that's on Netflix right now, based on that guy's memoir. That guy who was not a hillbilly. Oh and god, it's just like a venture capitalist. I swear to God, I saw that title working at a bookstore, and it looked like yes. something that I would just walk right past. Right, it's the you kind know. of like new trashy novel, and we're gonna get to yeah, some more the of kind, those. Yeah. The, the hillbilly's daughter <laughs> kind of thing. The hillbilly's daughter. Yeah, I've heard that joke before. <laughs> I finished Border Snakes, by the way. Nice. That Finally. was one, I think, in one of our very first episodes. When we started like, quarantine, we were going to do uh, Border Snakes Start book our book club. club. Yeah. Maybe we can get back on our book club. I started it in April, took about four months off, and then really pounded it out in the last couple weeks. I think I think this winter this winter's going to be conducive to... Reading some classics. I just started... I bought a, I bought a book of Shelley, Shelley poems. Shelley nice. Keats and Byron. It's like a fad... The mixtape? A fat one. <laughs> yeah, on my, on my arc find. Shelley X, uh, Byron Shelley X, and the boys. Keats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The That's romance cool. boys. <laughs> I love the... I've got uh, Byron's Don Juan in here. And it's pretty, That's in there. It's a it's, fun read, actually. I'll, if you just open that up to a random page, there's good stuff in there. Any story about the Don Juan, I think, is interesting. Absolutely, and if anyone got it, it was Byron. I've told you many times Byron to Fox. watch the old movie, uh, the Donald Logue movie, The Tao of Steve, about Steve McQueen, and a running plot, like, he's this, he's this, like, fat party animal dude who seduces women with, like, talking about literature and classics and right. stuff. 
and the running plot thread is like the the Don Juan as a figure and right in literature and right. di- dissecting that right and uh, it's really good actually. It's a what good, happened to Donald? That's Rose? a movie that should come out now because there are so many issues surrounding masculinity and it, and healthy attitudes and stuff and right. And that that movie would that's a movie you would remake now, but it would be like a you gender swap the whole thing. Who play, who plays the Don Juan? I don't know some some chick who's just like well I guess it wouldn't work the same way because men are not seduced by intelligence the way women are. No, men are stupid. Men are <laughs> shallow, stupid. <laughs> uh, I just ho- was hoisted by my own petard. <laughs> Damn, that's a great. Uh... I always like to use the word foisted. That's one that I want to make the world say. Right. You foisted this upon me. Right. Which is not a real thing. (laughs) It's like, I feel like I've been foisted. Great, great line from... I've been forced and hoisted. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that's the case. And now we shall duel. (laughs) (laughs) Slap with your glove. You know, there's a, you know, did you know that uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have reunited to write a script? About a, a really smart guy. And a movie that... No, and, a movie, and a really dumb guy. And a movie that I think that they're shooting, or maybe even done with, that's uh, called The Duel. And it's all about, like, uh, like a throwing of the gauntlet duel, I think. Between to, those two? That could actually be... I'm kind of there for I'm that. here for it, dude. I'm here for that. I like I like Affleck. <laughs> I, just, I just watched Dazed and Confused again. Ugh! What a trooper. And we listened to a good interview about... There's a book. Yeah, we gotta get this, there's we a, gotta get this book. There's a retrospective... Oral and history. He, he, like... None of the girls would talk to him on that set. <laughs> and he had a hard time because he was playing, like, the douchiest guy. The douchiest guy Everyone hated ever. him. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny because he's, like, in and out of that movie in the first, like, 20 minutes. But he makes such a There are so impression. many little details in that. Like, I forgot that he's got... They've all got these muscle cars, but his doesn't have a paint job. And so at the end of the movie, when they dump paint on him, one of the guys is like, he finally got a paint job! Oh my god. And you're like, that's like, that's probably a, a cut scene that, that's more established or something, Like, right. but it's just like details, details, details. Where is the fucking like, Days of Confused Criterion Collection Edition? Because I will watch tw- 27 hours of shit if they've got it. I think it was funny, that interview we listened to, Linklater's like... I'm kind of exhausted talking about this movie. <laughs> I made so many other movies. Like, can we talk about Bad News Bears or something? Yeah, like, can we talk about Bernie? Come on. Yeah, but nobody, <laughs> nobody talks about Bernie. I've never seen it. I've never seen There's it movies either. Always... That's the movie he's like, would someone please watch Bernie? Right. There's so many Linklater movies that I'm like, I had no fucking clue that guy directed that. It was like, think in the last... A lot co- of directors are like It was that. in the last couple of years that I found out that he had directed School of Rock. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I obviously did not realize that at the That time. was, I think, like, his transition into more... Making money. Uh, yeah, or, like, making things, you know... Yeah, he's got to you know, make the money, man. Mm-hmm. What do they say, like, one, two for them, one for me, or whatever? Yeah, whatever. They're all for me, Linklater. I, like I just haven't gotten to them One-to-one one ratio sounds a lot nicer and a lot more creative. Hollywood. Sure. I agree. What's the movie that, like, destroyed it back in the 70s? Like, when all the directors were getting all the money they wanted to make the movies, and it was the cowboy movie, um, I think William Friedkin or somebody was making it. Friedkin. And there was, like, a scene in it where they were all, because this was a thing in the cowboy days, was people started roller skating, and they had, like, a first roller rinks and stuff. But this movie was, like, so expensive. Is that, uh... They killed a bunch of horses, and then it lost a bunch... It's, like, 
not Paradise Lost. The one, the one where the one where they all like run into Heaven's the Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. That was like the one. That, That's like, uh, Terrence Malick. T- uh, was that? Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. But that, like, I know is... is <laughs> that I one's, hate when we don't know. That's considered... Well, we always don't know. But we encourage our listeners to go Google things and stuff, I think. Totally. Terrence Malick's cool. Song to Song is an underrated movie. They just put Badlands on But that movie is known as one that, like, stopped the, you know, creator-driven freedom sure. Sure, that sure, existed sure. for a while. Sure. That's the thing that I heard about Orson Welles the other day that just made me swoon for him again that Citizen Kane was done... On schedule and under budget. Sure. What a fucking god. We'll talk more about Orson Welles next week. I know that on the last podcast we were like, Mank is coming out right now, and we were fucking... They keep pushing things back. We were wrong. It comes out It comes out on Friday, which is probably when this podcast is going to come out. Yeah. So imagine us talking to you early in the morning and then being really happy. Imagine us recording this before you listen to this. Imagine us just talking to you directly in your car, in your headphones. While you're sleeping dishes. at night, sitting next to you. Do you Cr- think we're cradling of, you in our arms? Do you think that we're one of those podcast people who are like, I'll put this on to go to bed? Um, <laughs> I think we're the kind of podcast people who are like, I'm gonna put this on and furiously masturbate. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's the sincerest I mean, form it's, of flattery. It's gotta be one or the other, right? It's gotta be one or the other. I know what I listen to podcasts for, and it's not to do chores. That's true. <laughs> so we got a weird docket of shit today. I've got, I guess so. I've got kind of a weird little pile of crap that we can start with, and then we're going to get anyone who is in on the undoing, we're going to undo that bitch. We're going un- <laughs> to undo the undoing. <laughs> you better believe it. So, running through the things, we should, I don't know what order we should start in here. You've got a list. I can barely remember what we were supposed to talk about. Well, the one it. thing, I, the, the one kind of addendum I think we wanted to make was, you know, we spent the last episode talking about how happy we were that Chappelle show was something that we could revisit and I think that we and we both banged it out and then like pretty much as soon yeah, as yeah, we yeah. like a week after we released That was the one episode, of the comments I got from a couple people too was like, Hey did you hear about this? Yeah. And I yeah, and if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Chappelle requested to Netflix that the show be taken down, requested to everyone before that that they stop watching it until he gets paid because of this weird and everyone and everyone has had his back on that and we and so do we and so do we no one has opposed that no one has been like no Chappelle (laughs) you don't deserve credit for making the greatest thing ever that you did that you don't own and that's not fucked up like you know everyone's on board that actually leads me to another thing that's been killing me I'm sure that you've seen this I'm sure everyone listening has seen this if you're on Twitter or Instagram, I'm sure it's happening on Facebook too. People are posting their Spotify wrapped, like their year end, where it's like, you listen to more oh, Phoenix yeah. Bridges than anything else in the world. You listen to more of this. I don't listen to Spotify. Fuck Spotify. I don't like. Because I like, they don't fucking pay people. I like to find. I like to listen to like one song at a time. Well, sure, but I mean, do you know that Spotify has all these like weird garbage? Uh, contractual things where, like, they do, like, artists, like, do not make money from Spotify. That's kind of the way that the whole tech industry has gone, and it makes me laugh so much, like, because when I was a, I mean, do you remember being, like, in middle school or in elementary school, I guess, in your case, and, like, Napster being a thing? Like, we've gone... Napster was before my time, but... We've gone, like, in such a weird 180... LimeWire is more You know, around this kind of shit, but, you know, the, the... all the industries are fucked up. I don't know. They're all fucked up. They all need... The entire thing needs a huge overhaul. 
creatively. Like, who was it that just came out and, like, slammed the Grammys for bribery? Oh, I didn't see that. That's uh, great. One of those pop stars called it out, and it was like, well, everyone fucking knows that about all of these reward shows anyway, right? Like, right. otherwise, why isn't why isn't our little rinky-dink amazing you know, some some cult movie that somebody made last year. Right. Why wasn't that recognized? Right. You know, because right. it didn't have any fucking money. Like it right. didn't. Nobody saw it. Nobody right. could get paid off. Nobody like. Right. We, yeah. Oscars are right around the corner in April. Yeah, and I we I remember I think we should still go back to this doing our like live reporting of of the of you know maybe you and I will just become announcers and we'll watch all of the. All of the celebrities on their Zoom calls and should comment we do, on it. Should we do a live Oscars cast this year? I think you and I would be great live reporters. Like, that's where maybe we'll find our real niche and someone will discover us, dude. Hit us up on Instagram. Maybe I'll post a poll. And you'll be like, here down the aisle we have so-and-so. And I'll be like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a possibility. What else we got here? Okay, this is a, this kid, you brought this up to me a couple weeks ago, and I looked it up today. Sort of, I don't know really where we can go with it, but I'm into it. That uh, Joaquin Phoenix might be the, the lead in the next Ari Aster movie. Oh, that's right. I love this. That's right. Oh, there's been a couple weird announcements like that. Did you hear about David Lynch? That's right. There's a new David Lynch show on the, down the pipe. It's called Wisteria, which That's everyone, right. which made all of his fans just like lose their balls. Yeah, they like pulled their own heads off and stuck them up their own asses, and then they <laughs> regrew out of their neck, out of the necks where there was no head. <laughs> so the the title of this perspective film is called Bo is Afraid, and it's supposed to be four hours long. It's my favorite. Did you read that article? Apple article? Yeah, well, there's like several now, but this is what I said to you when you texted me about it. I think. You were like, that's my favorite. That's my favorite movie. Already. <laughs> Already. Hakeen and Arias. What's the, what's the plot again, though? Isn't it something like he's like traveling through different worlds or something? Something very. Here's the synopsis it okay. says on geekfeed.com. An anxious man learns of the death of his mother under mysterious circumstances and upon traveling home makes an alarming discovery about his past. During his journey, he runs into various crazy supernatural threats. Hakeem, do it! Yes. <laughs> do and, the movie! And Ari Aster. And make it four hours long. Fuck yeah, dude. Make it four hours long. Put an intermission in. I'm down for oh. bringing back the intermission. Oh. You can all go get a beer, take a piss, oh my God. smoke a cigarette, to be like, oh, this movie is great. It would really thrill me, actually, to like return to the theater in however many months and have the first movie I see have a fucking intermission. That would be so cool. Yes. Then it's like we've come full circle and now... Right. You know. It's back, baby. Someone's going to write an opera that's going to win an Oscar. That kind of thing. Whoa. Chekhov. Chekhov Reborn. Is an opera? Chekhov's not an opera. Operatist, uh, an, opera, but, an operatist, but you know, in terms of the classical, there's sure. something like sure. when you go see like an amazing, you know, those shows would be like dinner in a show and like an e a whole fucking evening. And totally, totally. Did they take an intermission break during like the theatrical run of like The Godfather? Probably, right? I think back in that era, it was more common sure to do that. Yeah, it was also more common. But I think it would be like the old, you know, the Quentin Tarantino, like like right. It would just be like standard, you know. Who knows? Maybe the maybe the projectionists had a union. 
<laughs> they were like, You'd like to think. You're like, there's your 90. Back then, but it was a your, job. You got a 90-10 or whatever. Dude, I mean, think about that shit. That's like a fucking craft that is sure. gone now. Oh, yeah, now you just have a computer. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know how things. So at some places, some I places will still do this, but they're like these. But it's a big event to be like we're restoring the thirty-five mil right thing. We're gonna, you know, this whole building's super flammable right now. This whole thing is super <laughs> flammable. <laughs> <laughs> I love paying for the thrill of that experience. Fuck yeah! The last <laughs> my list is so stupid. The last no, that's cool. I'm glad you have a list because you're making me think of things. One thing that we that I think we should talk about okay is the new greatest male celebrity Elliot Page Elliot Page who when that shit came up on my Twitter can we just say put who, some... less than a year ago I think last Oscars I was like what's gonna happen when someone is yeah. transgender right. or doesn't even identify as male or female right but here we go. Here we go. This could be the first person to be nominated for Best Actress and Best Actor. This is certainly the first person who has been nominated before. And this is, and I have I do have serious qualms, qualms with Twitter or whoever put this thing out. So when the when he put the press release out announcing right. this, the update came on my phone and it said Elliot Page has announced that he is or it's, um, I saw uh, the Umbrella Academy star Elliot Page has yes. announced that he is transgender. I saw the earlier articles in the day, and at that point they said, Ellen Page has come out as transgender and now refers to as Elliot Page. So they the dead name her they, in the they article. Did, but also it was like a, a six-hour period, I think, where all the news places were like, oh, we can't dead name her. That's not cool. Right. But... People don't know who Elliot Page is. No shit. So, so a lot of people I, were like, who the fuck is Elliot Page? And so they had to attach the picture, right. all the references, all the but movies. But when you put up Umbrella Academy, I'm like, I That's don't know. That's the most recent, pro you should have said Juno. You should have said Academy Award nominee from the film Juno. No shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, put some respect on this name. Yes. Come on. Yes. That's all I have to say about that whole no, thing. No, that's a good point because, I mean... Uh, Umbrella Academy is such a neat, been a weird niche thing. Or, uh, and, or, and, and we don't love this movie, but Inception, like, put the I, fucking put, thing. Yeah, and I think that's like, I think there were people scrambling yesterday to figure out sure. how to handle totally how to how to handle political correctness and gender in a headline. They're like, how do we? They're like, you like none of you saw anything like this coming. Right. Like there was never going to be a time where a famous person right. Right. Like, did this. Sure. And you guys had not... It was really kind of funny to watch that happening. But for Christ's sake, if Robert De Niro tomorrow was was to do the same thing, they would not be like... Dame... The intern star. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Roberta De Niro. <laughs> of... God. Of Godfather fame. Put respect on the name. They wouldn't... The, of the intern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, good. that's a really good point, because that's the first that I had, like I said, is like, I don't think there's a ton of great young, young actors in Hollywood right now, and so I would actually love to see him, like, take some of those roles from those guys. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because I think he's a much better actor. Born in America. Fucking, and I'm like uh, someone who really appreciates, like, a good, 
uh, ride, deadpan delivery, like absolutely everything about influenced a generation. I think in terms of their deadpan qualities. This was the last thing on my list. We can this can kind of get thrown over to the listeners too, just because I'm curious about this, and this can be the last thing before we take a break. Should we watch The Crown? I, you know, it's the most expensive show ever made. Is that right? More expensive than Game of Thrones? Oh, I thought you, I thought you knew that. No, no, no. That's the, that, fa- that's the factoid I hear about it. Okay. The most expensive show ever made. Do you have a number? If you don't watch it, you're letting Irish kids go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, my whole family's a big fan of it, and I, I just don't give... I've never had much of an interest. Here's here's my thing with it though. So they're in the, this is season four of The Crown. I think there's only gonna be one more. Two sure. more. Sure. I'm not sure. Sure. Anyway, this is the this is the Margaret Thatcher Princess Diana era that they're right. in now, where their characters. I'm kind of interested. One thing I do know that it's interesting is I guess the girl who played Princess Diana had worked on the show or was like a. She, she was like a PA or something, or, or she or she had been like a, a reader in the in the room for other actresses reading for it. Oh no, something, shit! Something like that. I don't know too much about this, but I do know there's something cool about how that actress found that part. You know, like well, imagine, and, yeah, you know, because there's plenty of people who are like, we need you to come in. You're gonna be the reader in the room. You know, right? And you one and then the thankless job. I had to do that one time where I had to read for all these other actors. And then I auditioned at the end of the day. You know how much that sucks? Because they're done. You get, well, you watch everyone else. I mean, in one hand, you do have an advantage. But at the other hand, they're like, we've heard you reading all day flatly. And we're, we want to go home. Like, right. we've already made our decision. We watched all right. these other people that you read against. Right. Yeah. I've got my buddy coming in for that part anyway, so. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what's funny is? Director quit. I got the part after all. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And I played Bob fucking Cratchit. How old were you? 31? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. You were, you old enough a... to have, like, four kids in that era. <laughs> I would think I was a... The director's wife, who he had done, like, a ton of Christmas carols over years. People she told me I was the best Bob Cratchit she'd ever seen. That's what Betty said. Fuck yeah. Shouts to Betty Ross. Hell yeah. Love you, Betty. Thank you. Betty's in the goat patch. We'll do a personal... We'll do a personal goat patch episode for the Rosses. Sure. That sure. Like a blast. Well, uh, all right. That's a that's a little that's a little cold open for everybody. We'll take a little break and we'll come back. You got you've still got a few things on your list. No, that was the end of my list. Oh, really? That was the end. Oh, good. Yeah. This has been a good little tête-à-tête. Yeah. Rapport. Yeah, keeping it loose, keeping it fast and loose. This is exactly what. Because our... it's not going to be fast and loose in a minute. Oh no, it's going to be wide and sloppy. And slow. <laughs> and so and fucking slow. <laughs> so stupid. Alright, when we come back, we're going to talk about the undoing. So everyone enjoy your break. Rock and roll. But in your dreams, whatever they be. Dream a little. Dream a No, he's himself. Yeah, he's not like being like totally straight. Like, um, this is the guy who did all the PBS ones before he got canceled for Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good interviews too, but obviously Charlie Rose is not held up as well. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Dick Cavett though. Dick Cavett, 
is awesome. Yeah, he's. He I mean, is. If you want to watch interviews with people who like you thought didn't exist, like that he interviewed Salvador Dali. Those are great. We've uh, a lot of Orson Welles. The I I can't recommend enough the Cassavetes, Ben Gazzara, Peter Falk. Yeah, where I'll, they're just fucking wasted. They're amazing interviews, and he's and he's so good at it. And you and you never are irritated with him. He's so genuine. Yeah, he's kind of trying to keep it on track, but he's got a sense of humor about all of it. So yeah. he's like laid back. It's very loose and like right. You know, his his Orson Welles interview. I've seen some of that before. He's got a couple, I think. Of I think Orson Welles and his, yeah, his Oliver Reed. Those are awesome, though. Been watching a lot of those. Watching Survivor. I'd recommend all Oliver Reed. Been watching a little bit of Survivor. And you have a a, a, a furiously yeah. hot take. I want to for anyone out there who enjoyed Game of Thrones and was disappointed by Game of Thrones, which was everyone. I think you can go find some like really good Survivor seasons, and you'll get a little taste of that manipulation. And fighting for the throne. You that cooled you wanted. this down so much when we were when we took the break. You were like, "Survivor is better than Game of Thrones." No, it is better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's my that's my overall hot take. Is Survivor <laughs> is Game of Thrones? You gotta send it. You gotta send it. But it's time. almost like a good. Uh, you know, I know people who like that about that thing will like that about this thing. You know, and it's a better thing because if that season sucked, the next one will have new people. You know, that shit's been on for, they've had like fucking like 40 seasons of that goddamn Yeah, they pumped Jeff out. Jeff Probst is the most high, is the highest paid like host of right. any show. Like that dude makes so much money. Right. He's a good host. He's, yeah, he seems like a good dude. He seems like a cool dude. He seems cool. I caught some, I caught some of the latest. They put two on. Which is an all They put like two of the best ones on Netflix. And okay. those are the ones to like. They're like, these were regarded as the greatest seasons ever, sure. or whatever. I don't, the, I don't know. I don't really love the games and weird things that they do. I wouldn't be watching this if it weren't for, um, for COVID. Reasons. Sure. You know, normally. What was the Nickelodeon version? Oh, the Total Drama Island? Is no. that what you're talking about? Aiden used to watch that no, when he was a no, kid. No, 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 that's not what there I'm was a sh- There was a show like that where they would get voted off. Though. Oh, really? Yes. Kids? It was a cartoon that kids would oh. watch. <laughs> I remember Aiden would watch that when he was a kid. And it was like, there was a Jeff Probst type host, and they would do dumb shit, and then they'd get voted off, and they'd have like, it was like totally set up like a reality show. No, that's not what I it mean. It was not very good. What's the, the temple? Oh, that was my other take. Yeah, it was. it's basically he- Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the for Hidden adults. Temple. So anyone who liked that yes. as a kid. Those are Game like, of Thrones and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Those combined. are like the dumb like challenges that they have on Survivor, but I feel like Legends of the Hidden Temple had better challenges. They're not dumb when a million dollars in your entire fate <laughs> and the game is on the line. This is an immunity challenge, and if you're going to phone it in, you might as well not be here. <clears throat> On the island. Mike, I think that I can get you into Top Chef now. I think that you have been so battered and destroyed by what's happened over the last nine months that you can fuck with. Uh, oh, yeah, at this point... I think Top Chef you will love. As long as people are getting kicked off and they are do. fighting f- for their chance and are cutting throats. Please pack your knives and go. <laughs> pack your knives. Is is it Ramsey? Fuck no, dude. It's Padma Lakshmi and Tom Colicchio. Rick! As long as they're savage. They're savage. I come for the savage. The funniest part of Survivor is whenever they're doing those competitions, Jeff Probst just stands there and he goes, he goes, Christian, really struggling with that puzzle. 
he seems like he is not going to be able to catch up. And he's literally two feet away from all of the people competing. And they're just like, ah, shut up, Probst. You're going to fucking love Top Chef. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. On to the That's main... our reality TV corner. I love reality TV. I wanted to recommend that. I wanted to recommend... Do you have something else? I wanted to recommend Dick Cavett. Oh, and this, that yeah. show Primal is really good. Oh, yeah, do the quick plug on that. There's an Adult Swim show uh, called Primal. And How can people find it? Uh, if it's uh, I was watching it on HBO Go, but like if you yeah. got access Max. to Adult Swim. Do you mean Max? I was on the, yeah, I figured out I can use the Max. I don't think the Go exists anymore. Yeah, it's the Max now. HBO has a lot of issues. Whatever. Anyway, it's total like Conan the Barbarian, Frank Frazetta, heavy metal, the movie vibes, and it's oh. about a caveman and a T-Rex who go around fighting things. There's no dialogue. It's just cool visuals right. and it's metal as fuck. And I and I know you don't like animated stuff a lot, but like I like it when this it's This is not for is it's for it's bloody, it's crazy, it's it's gnarly. Can I clarify that I don't dislike animated things. I just don't like adult cartoon sitcoms. I I am on board with that. Fuck your Family Guy. I'm on, they're all your... Simpsons ripoffs. Right, and Simpsons are Simpsons are cool. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Simpsons is still like old and crazy and. But we're whatever. both, you know, we love Fritz the Cat. I'm I'm here for all that stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to put you in a corner as hating all animation. We are, but we, I think you. We go to the animated shorts every this year. Is why and I we think, love it. I think you'd like this show because it is like, it was. They tried to nominate the first like four for like. Uh, best Oscar animation and it didn't get picked, but they should have just done like one and best short, like because they're all that good. They're all like, and I know you love metal, like and you I like do. the aesthetic of metal, I like do. and the kind of like Code and the Barbarian shit going on, and totally. you know, the totally. guy a, a guy fucking stabbing a, a mammoth or something with a spear is Fuck fucking yeah. cool, Fuck <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> like that's he's absolutely right. Yeah, so I'd recommend that show. That was my other. I wanted to get that out there. I'm gonna be really. I'm gonna be really sad if we, you know, the Oscars this year are kind of whatever, except for the shorts and the animated shorts. I really, I'm gonna be sad to lose that tradition this year. Well, aren't there gonna be the shorts and animated there, shorts? There will be, but there's something we won't be able to see them in theaters the way we have. Right, with like the random like sixty old people that we see them with every right. day. They're like, "What the hell is this? What the hell am I watching?" Here? <laughs> and also, there's a there's a little plug for you. Go watch Mel Brooks's Academy Award winning animated short from sixty four, uh, sixty five, sixty five, sixty three, sixty two. It's called The Critic. It's awesome. And it is so funny. Just go watch that. It's what, three minutes long, four minutes long? Yeah. Go watch that. Yeah. I, don't, I wonder if Chuck Jones was working on that. It seems like there was a certain era back there where they were the brilliant into doing, you know, like the ball and the line. And this cartoon is about the ball and the line. They're like really abstract, you know, and, and broken down like, you know, someone who studied Picasso sure. got to do a cartoon. Sure. So should we get into the main topic of tonight's episode yeah i'm gonna ask you two quick questions here so we're gonna talk about hbo's the undoing starring nicole kidman hugh grant and some other fucks yeah donald sutherland we'll talk about that mike what happened here um so big little lies was a success <laughs> david e kelly 
And Nicole Kidman decided to team back up for a project called The Undoing, which which I, I and I haven't seen uh, the other one with Amy Adams that you've recommended. But Sharp I'm, Objects I is think that, not the same as But this. I think that there was probably a producer somewhere in there who was like, oh, we're doing a thing here. These are like women and... Jean-Marc Jean Vallée directed There's, Sharp Objects. These are about uh, uh, leading ladies and murder, right? There's That's the theme going on here, you know? And um, there is a fiscal discrepancy between Sharp Objects and The Undoing. I'll just say. Well, and with big also little, not big, big little eyes too. I'd say this is a. Do the do the characters in The Undoing are they they are significantly more wealthy than the people in Big Little Lies? No. I guess because this is such a fucking the like media circus. You talked about that in the last one. Yeah, we talked. And on that this, just becomes a bigger and bigger thing where I'm like, I do not understand why. This guy's getting more attention than Jeffrey Epstein was getting. <laughs> Damn, man. Epstein actually never crossed my mind watching this, but I can't believe he did. Well, the whole thing is really riding on like, oh, well the 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 sexual and 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 violent crimes of rich white men, right? And but did but maybe he didn't do it. That's the whole that's what the whole thing's riding on is maybe he didn't do it. We do. I, that's the that's the the tension of the whole thing. Or does she believe that he did it? Right, right. Which is I guess that of, would be more specifically accurate. Is, right. Does she believe him? Right, because the POV in this is so heavy. You brought up the the Big Little Lies comparison, obviously, which it begs because of Nicole Kidman and David E. Kelly and just the nature of the entire thing. But they are so separated, and Big Little Lies season one is seven episodes, and this is six episodes. Big Little Lies covered so much more ground. Yes, this it, was slow. And had and and was able to address, I think, a lot more things than the undoing was, because this and was seriously just about like the anxiety of this one hyper wealthy white woman, like living one of the most privileged lives, which it continues to like it would reveal be, how privileged it is up yeah, until the this very is last like, moment. This is a little bit like um, the Melania Trump story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and that might be unfair, but like, it is like, you know, the the twist of the thing, if we're going to get, should we get let's into... Sa let's save the... Okay. The, we can, All right. Just in case you haven't seen let's, this. Let's work on the setup and then we'll say our spoilers. I mean, we've, we've talked it. about it a little bit already, but another this is like if Big Little Lies was just the trial from season two. And all of, like, the depositions from the people in season one. Like, I never know what the fuck Lily Rabe's deal is or why she's in this show until the last episode. Yeah, it's Everything the same else... thing with, with Nicole Kidman's character. Is, it, the twist is is her... The revelation is, like, her true feelings about all of this. And that's... Conf that, Which remind like, me, now what you have are to, they? Now you have to go rewatch the whole thing and be like, okay, this is how she was... Deal. Yeah, remind me because what it looks, her feelings are. It looks retrospectively like sh everything she did up to then was like more calculated, but it just seemed like it was all completely uncertainty and, you know, just trying to look out for the kid, I guess, or whatever. And then all of a sudden she's a Harvard-educated psychologist in the last Yeah, and that was, that you know... That completely forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, and that was what, like, kind of threw me about the whole thing, like... 
there were this this thing was good at like having certain points where I was like, okay, I'm kind of interested again. I think that the first couple episodes are pretty smoking. Well, and even I like think the, I think even some charge. of those cliffhangers at the end of episodes, you're like, okay, right, we were waiting for this. Right. So the end of episode five ends with what my your my your a, predict- a, a popular prediction yes. was well based on the fact that there were like zero suspects. So you have. Was it her dad or was it her kid? Or was it Lily Ray? <laughs> right. Or was it her husband? Who right. seems like it probably was. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the other husband. But it doesn't really seem like Okay, it. but fuck it. It was so it's him. The whole time. That's the twist. Okay. Why spoil- are we here? Spoilers. I couldn't help it. Why are we here? <laughs> the twist was he did it. Yeah, the twist is that there was no twist and, all along. No, and I think more specifically the twist was she believes that he did it. She said she would testify on his behalf and she like... But even during the testimony, I wasn't sure Which she is was... Which Even during the testimony, I thought she genuinely believed that he didn't do it and that she was getting railroaded by the, the prosecutor. And then at the end it was like, no, she did it on purpose, though. Because her and Lily Rabe were in on it together with Donald Sutherland, and they all planned to, like, fuck him over. But it really did not play out that way, and so her character didn't seem like like she had calculated this move. It seemed like she, like, played it off that way after looking like just an idiot again. Like, of again and again and again. It it is like it's like five episodes of her just taking L's from everybody. But and you're supposed to believe like she was doing it toward this end game. But it, even when that happened, it kind of seemed like she just still acted dumb and got called out and was like, no, 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 you guys are right. I meant to do that. Kind right. of and like just kind of move and got her ass- like a cat who falls and pretends that nobody saw it. And, like, jumps to its feet. Oh, my God. And, like, got her ass beat by the NYPD for the first three episodes for no apparent reason, basically, by the time that... Well, because she was very suspicious. <laughs> and still... Oh, my God. I... <laughs> then that last one where they're like, why did you say your husband is trustworthy if this is what you said to the police? And she's still, like, balked and, like, shocked and not like, haha, I'm glad you asked me that. Like... It was very frustrating. <laughs> to... And like when none of, none of that stuff would have come up in any of... <sighs> okay. I, and I... the story didn't... Fo- one thing the story gave us no time with was the husband, the son. I feel like we this got was more... Like, I think that they we were like, received they more were, than we ever needed they from were the so, son. They were so like othered as like, well, these are the, the less... These people have less money... They're less white. Okay, can we talk? They're less. Can we talk about like what worthy the, of the, any... treat, the treatment of uh, the woman who's killed and her single father of one legitimate and one illegitimate child. Uh, I got real of color that they just like make seem like yeah. a stalking psychopath for the for and spend zero time learning who the person is at all. Yeah, he was like the main red herring. This thing was nothing but red herrings. So one red herring was him. One red herring was Donald Sutherland, but you're like, well, why would he do this instead of just 
killing the guy. It seems like he has, or whatever, you know. It seems like, it seems like that guy could have had him killed and no one would have ever he known. Have, he could have hired a private investigator, take pictures of the affair, given him to Nicole Kidman, whatever. They just, like, hop in a helicopter at the end of this thing. Shenanigans. The kid, who was the other red herring that uh, you were on board for... And and goddamn stupid hammer ran through the dishwasher shenanigans like whoa they go out of I think I think that they go out of their way to make to press that it's like who is it that literally when he I and this is when I texted you and I was like you might be right because this show doesn't seem smart enough to plant red herrings at this point even though that's all it was because that's like the even dumber way to, to tell a mystery like this but anyway. I, when he, Hugh when Hugh Grant goes, I think I might have an idea of of who did do it. It immediately cuts oh, to the yeah. kid right. sitting there, right. and you're like, "Well, okay, okay, was it go. was it him or is this red herring?" Like, sure, come on, show like this is not. It's just not like the way to tell a mystery, and plant and pl you know and plant like red and plant other suspects and stuff like it. This show could have used a lot more characters just so we had... Maybe there was another guy that she was having and another that she'd slept with, and maybe he's also a suspect, but... Totally. Like, uh, just other things. Well, and... So, so when do you it, remember in the first episode, you, like, meet more people at that... Uh, I don't know, whatever that is, that fundraiser gala kind of thing that they're at, where, where we meet the woman who's murdered... There's there's more friends of Nicole Kidman's in theirs that you see in that scene that all kind of make it seem like they're gonna be present in the story. One of them was, and the they were all fucking there the last night that the woman was seen alive, and none of them. And one of, of, and one of them was again. the prosecutor, wasn't she? Was she? Was I the think prosecutor. The, I the think the scenes? prosecutor was in one of those first scenes, and that's why her and Lily okay. Ray. And you're like, that seems like conflict of interest. Because um, her and Lily Rabe, like, clearly knew each other. Like, they all knew each other. When Lily Rabe like, walks into the courtroom and, like, gives her that little wave, and the, and she's like, don't do that. I'm prosecuting the biggest murder trial no in, the, shit. in the country right now. And you're L like, yeah, what the fuck? Lily Rabe was pretty, her character was pretty obnoxious in this. Oh, my God. Well, but also, like, poor Lily Rabe is, like, just spends all of it on the phone all the time because they could clearly never Oh, get, and, like, yeah. Like, um, and it's like, why? She, she was, like, this weird go-between... She gives one of the only. I, I don't think that her performance is bad. I no, I think the character is bad. The character is super I bad. Think but I think that there's. I think she's always great. I think there's bad performances inside of bad characters in the show, too, and I kind of want to talk about and that. And was there any point where you didn't think that he was the most like. that Hugh Jack. or Hugh Grant was the most likely suspect? He, I, it, he seemed immediately. Anytime like he was like. <laughs> anytime he was like crying about how he loved her or about how his daughter. or about his sister died. You're I like, don't even know what to say. I was about like, that. he's is he acting poorly or is he the killer? I can't tell. <laughs> it turned out he was the killer, so I have to give Hugh Grant more credit. You know credit. what? I thought it was good once he was acting poorly. I on think that purpose. once he was the I don't think it was the murder scene is super strange. But once he's the killer, I think his best scene is the driving the son at the end. Yeah. He's good. He's then. finally able to like because that's the character he's been having to like hide the whole time. Right. I think he deserves Decent, a lot more credit than other people for the way this whole thing went down. You know who wins based my on the chat? Award? He had to, he had to make you kind of not suspect him, but he didn't have any ammo to do that. With. No, no, yeah, he had you no, know? he had no tool belt. I think, <laughs> he was so suspicious. Yeah, you know who wins my acting award is the defense attorney, his attorney. 
The first or the second one? Because I liked them both. <laughs> I liked them both too, and I I heard uh, I liked them both. A lot. I I think I heard an argument that the the show would have been better if it was just the first guy the whole time. I that was my feeling actually. Yeah, that was. And I, I, did, I did like the second one, but the first guy when he like was like calling Nicole Kidman out about. Are you mad at the husband that that had an affair? Are you mad at the husband? Like, which one do you think is? What do you think of that guy? Yeah, like, that's a that guy he was, was good. I feel like he's was in the deuce or something. I feel like that guy is an American. Yeah, which is a problem with this show. It is a problem. Actually, there's so many, and this is like you know uh, probably casting agents again mm-hmm. being like, oh, but the Brits are so good, and these are A-list names, you know, at, from the '90s. If we go back to 1995 and you're like, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman, this is the next big Oscar-winning movie. Today, it's like, fucking A, guys. I think that this almost has... You could have stuck, stuck no-name no actors in this and it could have been way more compelling, too, Absolutely. probably. I think that this, prob- this kind of has the same problems that, like, Three Billboards has. Where I, I I'm assuming was, was it I'm written ass- by a British person. I don't I I don't know. I'm assuming that I'm assuming it's an American novel. I mean, it seems to be so New York centric, even sure. though there are problems with the. I've heard about this too that like Donald Sutherland's apartment could not view all three of the like New York landmarks that it views like geographically. It's not possible. But uh, I love how they think like no one's gonna call that out. But I think that, <laughs> like but, yeah, New York. There aren't a lot of people who live there. But it does just seem like a. It's it's almost like a poor version of what Succession does so well, right? Of that that criticism of that class. I don't quite buy these people inside of the world that they're inhabiting. It seems like the kind of thing that I would have written as like a fifteen year old if I was like, I'm gonna write about hyper rich people in New York, sure. not understanding it at all. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. Whereas and being like, yeah, they're doctors. This would be front page news, right? In, this in, would not be... In New York, the town of 20,000 people. We're going to get him on TV. It's, uh, it, also had, a lot like, of... it also had, like, shitty Gone Girl echoes a little bit. Like, oh, especially okay. that scene. That where, makes sense. Especially without, that, without having seen Gone Girl, but knowing the cultural osmosis around Right, it. and I actually think that this book came out, like, ten years before Gone Girl did. And, like... Both of those things have completely eclipsed whatever. So there's this probably is. an adaptation of this book with a different screenplay, a different director, and a different actors that would be a really smoking, smoking, and you I and, really and you so. would be okay with the fact that the twist is that he did do it all along, because yeah. you would have totally bought in to that he didn't, you know, and that's what would make it compelling. Is if all of us as an audience have been like, I think he's wrongfully accused, and yeah. then he turns into the monster. Right. I was really done with it at the point where she interviews the mom, and the mom's like, he had no grief or guilt about his sister's death. And I was like, well, how are we supposed to believe that it's... And this is like still two, that scene two is episodes so away weird. from the revelation that it was him all along. That scene was so weird, the FaceTime scene with his mom. What the fuck was that? It took it took me a minute to even realize what was happening. I was like, who is this? Well, and it was so funny, like, when you're watching the trial scene, right, and this is why I was annoyed that it wasn't, like, her planning to, to fuck him over on testimony, is that they're like, Lily Rabe's character gave us this information about the mother, and yeah. you're like, oh, did Lily Rabe... 
uh, screw her over. And that's how she's reacting in trial and stuff like yeah. that. And may, maybe this is the point. She's a great actress, right? That character is a great actress. She was selling it, but then they, like, hold hands leaving the court, and that's supposed to confirm it. But, like, that wasn't done well enough for me. Like, they should have had a close-up on them two leaving and Lily Ray being like, the plan went according, and she's like, yeah, that's yeah, what we want. Him. Something, yeah. yeah. And that would have, like, changed the dynamic the entire thing for me. Oh, my God. Like, I'll, two, just, and that's, like, crazy to talk about something that's like six hours where you're like the whole thing could have changed <laughs> in literally like a shot or two of just yes. like confirming yeah. that this was the that this was a plan and that this wasn't an actual mis like shit show going on like i just wasn't buying it i i agree with you 100 percent. it's it's it felt like some spine of the thing had been removed. Columns of the spine had been removed. Yeah. It was wobbly. It was wobbly. It was wobbling all over the place. It was about as wobbly as all of the accent work in it, I think. A bit wibbly wobbly. I'm on one of my walks. So, yeah. I always go, that the, her first Did season as a defense that? attorney is so ridiculous. Where she's like, why are they having you on camera? And she's like, I was on one of my walks. Your walks? Yes, my walk. That's what people do. I walk. <laughs> this is because some HBO producer watched Big Little Lies and was like, well, clearly the thing holding this all together is Nicole Kidman. I think she's great as Celeste. I do too. But the Celeste but, overtones but of Celeste this... only has to carry, you know, a quarter of the weight. So you're exactly. like, cool, we have our little band of thieves. She's, you know, this is her energy. This is her vibe. I don't want to spend six hours alone with that, though. Right. They're also, like, pitting Celeste against great stuff. She's with Reese Witherspoon. She's with right. Skarsgård. She's with all these people. And in this one, she's, like, mostly alone, either talking to her kid or talking to, like, a seated Donald Sutherland. Or Hugh Grant being like, I still love you, you know. Yeah, or, yeah, or like, talking to him on the phone. Yeah, the fo a lot of phone conversations, which... I don't know if they shot. I don't know if they were I, like shooting this into know, the beginning of COVID and they couldn't be around people or something. That's very possible. That might. That could be. That and could be a thing. Like, to fuck this and up. and maybe it. But maybe it's also like, hey, we're gonna be contemporary. There's no reason they would have to meet for this. But it's like, then find and, some. Then have that character doing something dynamic while they're on this no call. Shit. You know, no don't shit. just don't just have faces. You know, do, yeah. like people have lost the art of like good theatrical blocking in a scene that well, can just like sell a whole you don't even need that many shots you can have a character just moving around and right. picking something up and like some activity that's why Big Little Lies was so good yeah, there's that tons of that season. there's so much of that and there is great blocking in the scenes between two characters I mean let's just talk about Gordon Klein entering the room for the first time it's amazing. And yeah. then and then they That's walk. That's a great example. And then they walk out and they have that incredible. And you immediately they understand have that the incredible miscommunication. Him and Laura Dern and the and the and Jean Marc Vallée was like, we're gonna use natural light and we're gonna move the we're gonna block the camera to the blocking of the actors instead of the other way around. And that did not happen in this at all. There was no like auteurism in the way that the show was built. Was this all directed by? I have no fucking idea who directed this. And I had no inclination no, to look it up. And there's either. yeah, no inclination and no inclination to look it up. And there's no stamp of anything in this. There's no like stylistic thing that I'm like, ooh yeah, this is why I like watching the Undoing. Like in a fucking moment in the Young Pope, the where it's like now there's a crazy dance 
track over this like all these popes walking downstairs where I'm like, oh yeah, this is the thing about well, the show that it. And you know, like me. like anything else, it's all about like how much you personally can relate to it, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, as I, I was trying to, you know, when I watch things like this, you know, our protagonist Nicole Kidman's character, like even though I'm a even though I'm not a rich white lady, I'm still trying to connect with that character. You right. Know? And it wasn't like they were giving us, like, it wasn't the kind of thing where, like, they're splitting that energy between other characters, so I'm supposed to put my put my sh- Hugh Grant shoes on or the husband shoes on or anybody else's. It's all about right. her, you know? Right, right. And I just wasn't, like... And it's and I really don't chalk it up to my inability to appreciate that kind of person. No, it's just I, like I don't think, and I think that and I chalk it up more to her performance I think than the character even. I think a different actress maybe could have done a. I would love to have seen. I remember we talked about the Julianne Moore would have been better in this role. I think. What about Parker Posey? Any of those women that we're talking about. Like, honestly, Nicole Kidman's just, like, kind of a flat performer. I don't think she's ever been the most compelling performer. She, she has an Oscar for the hours. I think Nicole Kidman is good, but I, I know. But this that, is not a fit. I don't think this fits. Yeah. And I, and I found that... The, through, you're right. The hours is good. I'm not going to... Yeah, the hours is great. Eyes my chest, she's great. I mean, Nicole Kidman is good all the time. I, this was not her part. Mary <sighs> Louise Parker would have, like, been the person to put in this. Because she is... Like a New York. I always looked at um, uh, Naomi Watts as like the Naomi little Watts the little the little great. sister of Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah. Like they're both Aussies or whatever. Yeah, she would have right. been way better. She would have been way better in this though. But there's American because she's actress. a little more like Nicole Kidman's good when you're like she is like strong, powerful, you know. But she doesn't play weak well, and this character is like gotta be going through all these all these all these like weakened positions and trying to gain foot and that's just not her strength is like playing the underdog you know yeah she's like she's like you know that's a good point there's so many american actresses i think that really could have that's a that's the ultimate point is both of these all these characters should have I also been don't American. understand why Hugh Grant's British. In I'm, the book, are there any of those characters British? I, I, have no I doubt idea. it. I, I doubt no, they are. I like doubt you they said are. before, I have no reason I did not feel compelled I, to look at them. I bet up. in the book these are all American characters. And I bet this could have been notable good American actors playing these roles. I mean if the thing is like set in Melbourne, it's like just do that. HBO's still gonna buy it. That would probably made the whole show more interesting, dude. If I, it was, I actually if think it was, that like the Big Little Lies if version, all of the, if, the, said, if all of the characters in it were British or something, then know, it would have been more. If that's what it is. That's what it is. Like, don't you? Th- wouldn't you kind of like to see the Big Little Lies? that's actually set in Australia. Sure. Like fuck it. Yeah, rich housewives of Melbourne. I don't know what that looks Sydney. like. I'd kind of rather see that than like a crappy interpretation of. Like the upper crust of New York. Well, and doing the doing because I've thing, seen that already. doing the thing that we've seen in Hollywood so much of like taking British actors and shoehorning them into these situations where you're like, this doesn't really feel natural, like or it just never felt natural. Like that. So that's weird. probably an even bigger reason why it was hard to connect to these main characters is because it's like, you know, and not to I don't know. It's not like um, 
anti-immigration or anything like that. I mean, the center part of the story is that they are rich white people, you know? Yeah. And they sh- rich white people in New York, like... Yeah. I, it's just that, like, we've seen it. And we... I, so I have, this, a little, I have a little fatigue on it, but it's like, if you're going to do it, Succession has really raised the bar for that. You have to... Well, and I think HBO, you, nail that. you know, is like, hey, we're seeing big little eyes in succession. People love rich people being human, being well, I think it's just flawed. Because, being, I think that, and I was thinking, I think this every time I just finished the Kremlin book, and it, this happens in those all the time where it's like, early on, there's an excuse for them to pretty much just have like an unlimited amount of money because that like sure. can reshift all their focus. It's not like they need to worry about it. Yeah, but how good are the that's a classic people? trope in, you know, in any media. There's a, like, Frank and It's Always Sunny just has money for them to do shenanigans. Right. Great. But I kind of like the thing where there's a battle for it. Mad Men is a great example of that where it uses these, it shows you the top and these people who don't worry about it at all. And then people like Peggy who's like, I... Right. I make $35 a week. We never <laughs> saw a single, like, colleague of theirs as far as their jobs went. Well, there's the one you outrageous know? scene where she meets with the doctor who informs her that... That's true. That and he was fired months ago, and he's like, I shouldn't be seen with you. But they're meeting in the fucking courtyard of the hospital that, where that, he works. I, I totally forgot about that. There should have been more of that. And he waves at doctors that walk by. And, and, like, there been, be... and there should have been more of, like, her being, like, talking to another... Like, where? why wasn't her character going to a therapist? You know, I know we saw it in Big Little Lies, but that should right. have been a thing in this show more than Big Little Lies, almost. Like, because she wasn't in the therapy till after, or, or no, she wasn't before. They started but still. Toge- they started together. Still, like, they're dumping. We didn't. I can't remember. The only the only relationships we saw them have were like her dad, the kid, and Lily Rabe. Hugh Grant didn't have a buddy. No, Hugh Grant just like had he that one weird, like that one weird episode in family. prison. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk? This is, this is okay. This is big. Can we talk about that Donald Sutherland scene? Which do you, one? Do you know which one I'm talking about? You don't know which one I'm talking about, right up, right out of the gates. I think this was an episode. Is it the one where he told the principal that he was gonna cut his dick off or whatever. This is the episode where he gives the. You see, I'm a cocksucker. Yes, that was the principal. And I don't mean that in whatever weird way he says. I'm an old-fashioned cocksucker, he yes. says. What in the fuck is the writing there? The entire... None of that stuff lands on a point that you're like, oh. Well, and also Donald Sutherland's delivery of... of that. He, it was like they didn't give him a note to like tone it back or to do... He's... But it, it's also just like one of the most no, incoherent, right. bizarre... All of his dialogue was like that, though, where he's like, I'm an old gangster businessman who and sits then, at the Met all day and then Donald Sutherland's the kind of guy who's like I'm going to say every word clearly and they're going to hear it and so this is the dialogue you give me I will <laughs> fucking say it it's and, so weird I yeah. have never his, his character was like the other red herring and I think a lot was of he? People, I just like didn't. Yeah, but it was like, why would he do it like this? If he's this just another. His... He's another one of those like vehicle or you know, uh, mechanic elements that we're talking about. Where it's like, well, there's there's an endless pile of money here. 
he can pay the two two and a half million dollar bail or whatever to get sure. him out and hire the the you know kind of infamously famous expensive attorney that will do most of the talking when they're on national television for whatever fucking reason that they're on national television. It's what it is one of the like you said like shaky spine parts of it where I'm like I just. D- so don't I don't really get what the. I think we're, the, we're finding the real culprit here is in the writing of this thing. I I think I think it is, but but and a lot of it is in the casting. It's like one of those the things. Cast, that, like, the it casting. Looks, it looks cool on paper, but exactly, it, it looked cool on paper in 1995. <laughs> right, right. You know, we're like nowadays it should have been like Keeper Sutherland well, as as Hugh Grant. You know, that would have been great. That would have been great. That would have been great. You know, this also is a thing that, like, it's, and we have been so outwardly, explicitly, like, HBO whores. This doesn't feel like HBO. Well, this was my question to you. This feels like a TNT show. This is my question to you. Do you think, uh, you know, when if you look at all the HBO shows and if you thought, could I write something better than this? Do you think this is, like, one of the first ones we could name that, like, I think you and I could actually write something more compelling than this in six episodes? This show is... With this budget and accessibility, you know, I really think I I could... I really think I could write something better than this. At least adapt a novel better than this. I just... It was not... I, I do think that The Undoing is better than Industry... Which I don't want to talk about at all. Oh, we did watch the first episode of Industry, and we were both bored, and we didn't like it. And, and fuck that show. And we hope it goes under, and it's, it's about fucking stock jockeys. Who gives a fuck? I, yeah, it's one of the most, like... Sub- and it's a bunch of British people. Yeah, it's like a British dick... It's like a British... Well, it's a BBC co- co-production. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, The Undoing was not the show of the year. And I'm sorry, I know we we have fans that really liked it and that recommended it to us. Or in, or I cannot imagine that anyone is finishing this show right now thinking that it was, like, great. I don't know. I think we're going to, you know, have listeners that might disagree. And if you do, then give us a review or send us an email at hotlittlemailbag at AOL.com. Isn't that it? I'm going to post a series of polls on our Have Instagram. you checked our email lately? I checked our email today. We have not received a single one. All right, well, tell us what you think. And tell us what you want us to watch, if you have such a fucking opinion, and you're <laughs> sick of us having such fucking opinions. I'm gonna I'm gonna post a bunch of polls on the Instagram. We've got enough people they can vote on it. We'll see. Follow um, us on Instagram at Hot Little Takes. I watched Emma. You need to watch Emma. I'm gonna watch Emma. We're gonna watch Mank here Mank. in a couple days. It's Emma Emma awesome. starring Anya from Queen's Gambit. That's one I know people have recommended to both of us. I rewatched the end of it with Katie the other day. That show's awesome. What? The Queen's Gambit. She finished. Oh, the Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Oh, not Emma. I haven't seen Emma yet. You gotta watch Emma. I'm excited to see Emma. Well, okay. So what's so what do we got coming down? So we're gonna we'll talk about Mank. We might do a Citizen Kane Mank double feature with each other this weekend. Uh, Yeah. Um, It might be fun to talk about Citizen Kane. um, We might have some other weird projects in the works, but we don't want to reveal too much yet. 
Oh yeah, no, we've got a big announcement coming soon. But... Yeah, we'll see. Um, later this month on Netflix, I know Chadwick Bosman's Ma Raimi's Big Black. Oh Bottom, shit, that that's gonna come out before the end of the part year. Part of the part of the August Wilson uh, August Wilson cycle, and we which, it's the twenty it's the twenties play, right? It's the jazz. Uh, it looked yes. the tra- yeah, yeah, it's the, the jazz one. one, and he's the like leader of the band. What's the thirties one? That might be Jitney. No, Jitney's the sixties one. Oh really? Yeah. I got a man. I saw Jenny when I was a kid, and I so cool. We talked about this, shit but it so like much. never. But people never talk about it in that side. I know it's that, like a cool play, like, dude. It's fuck. all in. It's like Taxi. It's yeah. like it's like Soul, soul Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the old TV show, but if it were like right, you know, Seven Guitars, the fifties one about the the blues musician who just got out of prison. It's fucking sick. I never saw that. Obviously, that sounds cool, were so good. Yeah, and I think I think the definitive collection is gonna start to come together because they've they're all getting done in different. Some of them been done several times. Some of them haven't done once, right? But oh yeah. Eventually, someone's gonna make the radio golf movie, and we're gonna be like, hey, if you want to watch all ten August Wilson plays, radio golf is what I want to see on stage really badly. That's like about gentrification and stuff. I That's mean. the '90s one. Mm-hmm. That's the last one. That's the last one. What's the '80s one? It's called King Headley II. It's about a character from the 50s one who gets out of prison. I just think that is so cool that he he did that that way. And I think it's like a fucked up, like, uh, in, um, I was watching, uh, Oh Hello, Oh Hello <laughs> on Broadway, and uh. they make a joke about how, like, this is the staircase from this August Wilson play that some of you... <laughs> Like from Joe Turner's Come and Gone, exactly. Like you know, because there's ten of them, and they and they hardly ever get produced. You know, because think of where we live. Like think, you know, they did two when I was in college. Right, but how many actors did they have to hire from out of town? You know, not all of them. That's true. Shouts to Lynn Hastings. Thank you, Lynn. We love you. I hope you listen. <laughs> Shouts to Calvin Thompson, who was the lead in both of those. Joe Turner's Come and Gone was great. I saw that twice. Joe Turner's... I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> There's a lot of music in those, though. Yeah, well, in Seven Guitars, they have to... They have to well, in Ma Raimi, they're playing... They got a yeah. band, and... Yeah. Yeah, those shows are fucking sick. I can't believe we're doing this again. I think this is either the third or fourth time that we've talked about this. That's fine, though. That's one we're... I know that's one we're excited about, because that's coming out at the end of the month. Fuck yeah. Um, we'll probably do... We're probably going to do our top five shows of the year episode soon i guess so we've watched enough i have five i've got my list kind of i have to think about it i'm including i've been watching a lot of shows that didn't come out this year because i've just been watching all sorts of crap well it may shock longtime listeners of the podcast to learn that our batteries died before we could sign off uh not a huge deal we were pretty much done mike did have one uh, little quippy thing he threw in there towards the end but I don't remember it now, so, you know, who knows. We will be back, hopefully next week, maybe the week after, so we can talk about David Fincher's Mank, which comes out tonight, and do our top five shows of the year, top ten movies, top top two movies, I don't know. Uh, so we'll see. Everyone, keep it clean. Stay inside. Wear a mask and wash your hands. Rock and roll.